Hello everybody and welcome to yet another episode of La Magicas. This is episode 78. Uh, my name is Sam Rubio. I'd like to welcome you all to another episode. Uh, I'm very excited to be keeping up with my war of one episode every month and it's very challenging. It's not very easy. I don't think we did one for February. We did one the end of January for the 10 year uh, anniversary of the pod. Uh, but this is going to count as, as my February beginning of March episode. So um, we're keeping the tradition of at least one episode a month. Uh, we're recording just minutes after the final whistle and uh, Artemio Franchi, Roma beat Fiorentina 2-1 with a um, late goal that was, uh, had, had us all hanging on, on the balance for, the, for a couple minutes, but the bar came in and said uh, it was no offside, nothing illegal on the Aguara's goal, so we took the three points from Firenze. So... We needed that, obviously, because we came from a big loss against Milan over the weekend. We have two great guests for today's show. We're going to be touching on Fonseca so far, 2021, like I said, and, and the team going forward, right? And then before the, we end the show, I'll also touch on the Estadio de la Roma projects, because it will be interesting to see what the Fritkins do going forward uh, since uh, Tordivale is no longer an option. Um, so let me introduce my guest for today's show. We have... Um, friend of the show, and then co-host of the show a, a lot of times recently, Scott Monroe. Uh, how are you, Scott? Uh, happy to have you here on La Magicas. I'm happy to be here on my second appearance. Uh, last time since October. Um, happy with a win tonight. That was massively needed. Massive bounce back, yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, God, yeah. Another uh, second guest today is Danny. Danny, I don't remember if you were on the show before. Have you ever been on the show? You can find Danny on Twitter. His handle is Dadge Danny, with the picture of Nicolo Saniolo. There, Danny. How are you? Welcome to La Magicas. Very good, very good. Yeah, I think I did a couple of episodes many, many years ago with uh, Greg and Alex. So maybe even six, seven years ago. Yeah. Oh, there we go. We're happy to have you back. That's awesome, Daniel. Um, so let's jump right into the, our first uh, topic for today's episode. Uh, let's talk about Fonseca. And because after every win, everybody loves him. After every loss, every, a lot of people hate him. Uh, we don't seem to find the balance. Where do you guys stand on Fonseca and his job so far, knowing that if he doesn't, if he makes Champions League, his contract gets uh, automatically renewed? We'll start with you, Scott. Um, with the tools that he's got at his dispensal, um, I think he's doing a very good job, um, especially with the switch of formation that he's done this season. My only problem, and it's probably the only pro- uh, the problems that most Roma fans have got with him, is the the wins and sorry, the lack of points gained against the top six clubs. We can beat the sides that are below the top six to eight with. With no problems at all. That that's we've mainly seen that quite a lot this season. But against Atalanta, against Inter, against Lazio, against Milan, and um, and actually in the last couple of games, included tonight, we sort of struggle. Uh, it it to me, I think it's a mentality thing. I think it's always been like that since I've been supporting Roma for about sixteen, seventeen years. That they get to a certain point in the season, and then just go on these runs that 
no one can comprehend. And it just, us fans are thinking, what is going on? But I think he's doing a really good job with what he's got. Um, the problems that we've had with previous coaches that we tend to struggle against teams that are below us in the league, like like your Genuas, like your Fiorentinas, like your promoted teams like Spezia, Lecce and Parma. But this season, that's not a problem. It's just the other way around. And I, I think it may cost us a bit at the end of the season, but hopefully I'm wrong. Daniel, what do you make of Fonseca, his numbers against the top six? Um, certainly, if we if we ask you at the beginning of the season, where do you see Roma in March? Uh, I think most a lot of us would have said uh, fighting for the fourth spot of Champions League, right? And that's where we are. What do you make of it? Yeah, I think he's doing quite uh, an appropriate job, I would say, is the word I would use. I think um, uh, for the positions, maybe three to seven, um, a lot of the squads there are not perfect. I think like there's gaps in in all of those those squads. So I think um, I would admit, and I would have admitted at the time, that there are some holes still in the Roma squad, or it's not as deep um, as it could be, but um, still definitely good enough to fight for a top four position. Um, I think, like Scott said, obviously a lot of the fans are a bit uh, worried about his performance against some of the bigger clubs. And um, a lot of that is also the manner in which we lose to the bigger clubs. I, I think it's not it's often not just a one nil or two nil, it's kind of some some big hammerings we've had. Um, and I also think the amount of goals we've conceded this season around thirty eight um, in twenty five games is a record kind of similar to Bologna, Genoa and Fiorentina, um, who are between twelfth and fifteenth, I think. So Yeah, there's definitely area to improve. I think I just have that feeling also tonight that if he doesn't make top four, I'm not sure he'll stick around. Um, but definitely if he does, I mean, I, I think he, he would deserve another season or two. Yeah, I agree. And he's not a Friedkins guy, right? He was here when the Friedkins arrived. So uh, that's something to take into consideration if they don't make uh, Champions League next year. Uh, and besides what you guys are saying of uh, the top six running us over. Uh, there were some moments and some matches where maybe we wanted to take uh, maybe take a little bit of a bigger uh, of a bigger step uh, as far as going forward, but individual mistakes on part of the season killed us, right? And it was really hard to come back from those mistakes and having to having to fight back from all the way down, right? And that, and that goes back to the mentality thing that uh, Scott was talking about earlier. Um, And you guys, so you guys think, um, and we'll start with you, Daniel, you think fourth place still possible going forward? I mean, the big win against Fiorentina just minutes ago really helps the situation. But looking at a bigger picture, where you see this team fighting for the fourth spot, you think this team has the depth to fight for the fourth spot? Yeah, I think it's kind of crazy how different one result can can make things seem because uh, heading to it, towards the end of that, That game against Fiorentina, I thought, you know, we've maybe blown our chances. Because um, I definitely think that there was, it was quite visible that the Milan defeat over the weekend had a bit of an effect on the players tonight. Um, but I definitely think it's all to play for. And I think we've seen um, a lot of the teams in front of us and behind are, are, are dropping points, are making mistakes. So uh, I just think 
I think eventually we're we're going to struggle against some of the smaller teams. We're going to stop picking up those wins. But at the same time, eventually we have to beat or, or get some points from the bigger teams too. So I think it'll be really tight to the end of the season. And um, at this point, I'm still not certain what will happen in the end. But I at least hope for the final match of the season to be played with us still in with a chance for top four. What do you think, Scott? Um, yeah, certainly agree with what Danny saying. Um, Atlanta are playing Inter on Monday, and uh, that's the day um, after we are at home to, Gen- uh, to home to Genoa. That is a massive game going into the running, isn't it? It's just like it's going to so many going to be twists and turns in the remaining couple of months left of the season, and I think it's going to go down to the wire. Going to go down to week thirty-eight in the middle of May, and also we. Of when we go, is it Spezia away? Is it the final day of the season? I think uh, it may be that. Again, Spezia, that's right. Away, yeah, added Spezia. Away, away, last game of the season. With the derby, with the derby the week before that. Before, oh God. And oh, Inter yeah. the week before that. Oh, yeah, so the so, final three games of the season are just going to be quite fun. Away <laughs> into the, the San Siro, home to Lazio in the derby, and then uh, away to Vicenzo Italiano, Spezia side. Yeah, it's going to go down to where so many teams are going to drop points. I think, as Danny said, Roma are going to find it harder now because I think the squad is more tired because the amount of games that this squad has played since I would probably say mid-November with the Europa League schedule and the Serie A schedule like sandwiched in as well it's just it's just crazy and as we saw players are a big Italian today yeah Again, yeah yeah and Veritu's massive injury that's going to be a big concern going into Genoa and then the two games against Shakhtar and Napoli coming in the next couple of weeks um, let's touch on a, on a player. I want to ask you guys about an individual player because in the last few weeks, since the whole Fonseca, Edin Sheko debacle, um, it seems to, we, I mean, it seems to appear that, uh, Borja Mayoral is the starting forward for Roma these days. What do you make of him going forward? Let's say if Edin Sheko doesn't stick around past this summer is he the number one option do we bring a young player like like him or do we bring an experienced forward to play with him and maybe compete for the starting spot daniel well um personally i'm looking at torino in the relegation zone and a bit uh, licking my lips at the thought of maybe andrea bellotti joining because um i think edin Dzeko's time is is probably up if uh, we can find a club for him but at the same time, I'm not sure we've seen enough from Borja Mariola, um to have him be kind of that striker that you build the team around either. So, yeah, I, I would be a bit reluctant to to put him at the center of my plans. I, I think he's done really well so far. And um, it, it's been also difficult because uh, a lot of the time during the season when he would have a good performance, he would also be benched soon after. So... Um, he's done well to to fill in where he has, but I think even tonight I saw him miss a few chances, which maybe uh, a striker of a higher quality would have finished. So I, I would still be hoping that if if Jeko leaves, we do replace him with kind of a good solid striker and keep uh, Borja as the as the backup. Yeah, eleven goals, five assists. 
in all competitions for Borja Mayoral. Certainly not bad numbers for a first year forward in Italy. Uh, what do you make of him? I don't, but I agree with you, Daniel. I don't know if he's a starter going forward. What do you make of him, Scott? Yeah, I think he's done well when he's been called upon, especially in the Europa League and the games that Dzeko has missed due to injury and the fallout uh, air quotations with uh, Paolo Fonseca. Yeah, um, I would agree with both you saying that he's he will be good as a, a backup and I would go to Umberto Cairo in the summer, even if they're in Serie A or a Serie B, because they're in a relegation battle. How much do you want for Andrea Bellotti? Cairo doesn't to... have the best of relationship with, with yeah. Rome. I remember the Torino president. Yeah, yeah. Um, he... The whole Petraki <laughs> situation being one of the... One of the yeah. Times. 100 million euros a couple of years ago. I think his, his value is weighing down quite a lot over the last couple of years. But yeah, I would be perfect to go for him or someone of that ilk. But yeah, Bochemeyer will be an, a fantastic backup and, and he can play in games where like the team is struggling and they need a second option from up top. Let's talk a little bit of uh, the Calcio Mercato that just finished maybe a little bit over a, or maybe over a month ago. Uh, we've got uh, Stefan El Sharawi, a player that uh, we hope is going to start making an impact right away. And we also got players like Brian Reynolds from, from Dallas FC, which seems to be a little bit more of a player for the future, right? Um, the Roma wants to maybe make, having settled a little bit more neatly, learn the defensive part of the game that seems to be the part that he struggled a little bit the most. Um, he struggled the most here in America. Um, what do you guys make, make of our Calcio Mercato that just finished? Are we, is, is this team deep enough to really make a, a Champions League run? Or a run for the Champions League spot? Oh, God. Um, um, yeah, go ahead, Scott. It's, t- it's tough, isn't it, isn't it Danny? Because it's, it's, they've only brought in two players. I imagine with Reynolds coming in, that probably means the end of Bruno Perez uh, with, with Roma and probably Rick Karsdorp and Brian Reynolds will compete him for that right wing-back role. Um, to be honest, I haven't seen much of Reynolds in the MLS, um, so my knowledge is not the best of of him. But Al Sharari, um, to be honest, that, that that deal should have been done in the summer. I think we talked about that in October, Sam, after the Udinese game, and uh, that wrangled on for so long after the Diego Perotti um, deal to Fenerbahce. I just feel that maybe they could have got in another, maybe another attacker, but because I don't think Carlos Perez will be here in the summer either. So, And obviously with Zaniolo coming back, Al Sharari uh, is another good attack-minded. And he also can play up front. You could probably stick him in the false number nine role. Yeah, I think maybe I would say, I mean, I think in the last few games where we've uh, dropped a few points, I think maybe what would have been great to have seen is to have had another centre-back option. Um of course, that's dependent on us having gotten rid of uh, Juan Jesus and Fazio. Um, but I think we've clearly seen that we've suffered without that centre-back signing. You know, playing Cristante there or playing Spinazzola or Karstorp, it hasn't really worked out so well. I think there's been clear deficiencies there. Smalling uh, has and... struggled with uh, with his um, being fit, right? When he's been on, mm. he hasn't been the same Smalling as last year. I imagine he has a lot to do with him not having a lot of games, right? Game time. Yeah, no preseason absolutely. either. 
I think that could have been a question where he, the transfer of him just wrangled on for almost a year. No, it was done literally on deadline day, so he had no preseason, did he? Yeah, I think one of that's one of the biggest reasons when he's not up to the level of last season. Um, another player that recently in the last couple of weeks has been a nice addition, and I say addition because he wasn't featuring a lot because he struggled with COVID, he struggled with uh, his agent in Fonseca, had an exchange of words, was Amadou Diawara. Uh, he's been stepping up and he's been, uh, like I said, a nice addition to the team as of late, right, Daniel? Yep, I think he's uh, slotted in very well. Um especially tonight when called upon. Um, and I mean, he got the reward for his hard work uh, today with the goal uh, to win it. I think he even was the one who set up the chance, giving the ball to Karstorp out wide. Um, uh, he's definitely talented. I think he had a really good or a really decent debut season. I think he started this one a bit slow, maybe fell behind Gonzalo Villar in the pecking order. But... Um, He's been he's been great to to call upon. I think he I think he is quality, uh, and we've just seen probably very two with possibly a serious injury. So I imagine Diawara will have some uh, extra minutes as well this season to to let us see what we you know uh, how it remains to be seen his performances towards the end of the season and whether he will stay or not. Um, is there any other player you guys want to touch upon in the last few weeks? Um that has called your attention, that has been stepping up? Oh, God. Uh, I would say Amadou DRR. Um, Spinozola, I mean, has been solid yeah, all year long, Spinoz, right? Yeah, he, he does look a bit tired. Um, the amount of games that these players are playing in the last couple of months is just extraordinary. Um, on Diawara, could we you... We have European like... football coming up as well. Yeah, side. yeah. Um that was his second start of the season in Serie A. I looked at his minutes on Transfer Market website uh, over the weekend. It's just astonishing that he's only had not enough game time. I think in the last couple of games, he's had like 40 minutes. But yeah, that was the second start. And he, he'd done brilliantly tonight. He's done brilliantly in the last couple of weeks. Spin at Soda as well. Deputising at centre-back. Um, especially in the Braga game, he was he was fantastic and then moved up forward and forward. And then I think this season, it's been one of the best, one of Roma's best outlets out wide, like game in, game out, he's delivered. And we make, when he makes those runs and open, opens up space, that's when Roma is dangerous, mm. right? Yeah, and it's always, they always go, go to him down the left left-hand side and he creates so much pressure. And he did it well tonight in, in some points and he did it well on Sunday and he, he delivered this season. And just remember, in January last year, he was going to move to Inter. Right, right. What do you guys make of Gianluca Mancini? He's been, I, I, personally, I think he's a really good player. He keeps getting better. He shows that he's got the leadership and he, that he can grow into and like he can be more of a leader in the future years. But he also has those stupid uh, elbows and mistakes and lapses, lapse, lapses in concentration, I, I would say. I don't know how to call it. What do you make of him? I'm, I like him as a player. I wish he just didn't have those lapses, right, uh, Daniel? Yeah, I think he's. I think he's quality. Um, I like most of the centre backs. To be honest, I think they're all really good. Um, but I, indeed, I've seen him growing in a leadership role a lot this season, and I think he's really, for me, kind of the de facto vice captain behind Pellegrini, who I also think has grown a lot into that role now. 
becoming the captain after it was taken away from Dzeko. But I think the two of them, for me, have impressed a lot this season. And in a game like tonight, um, both of them doing very well uh, uh, with regards to their leadership. Um, okay, so let's move to a controversial um, position. Goalie. What's the deal with the goalie situation? Um Paul Lopez has certainly has certainly been uh, has has got good save uh, the last few matches. But I mean, if we're gonna be praising a, a goalie for having good save in the last few matches, I don't think looking at the big picture is a good thing, right? Um, he certainly personally, and nothing against him, but he does not inspire confidence in in my book. Uh, I don't know how you guys see him, and what does Roma do going forward, uh, Scott? Uh, I do think that Roman will be looking at a new goalkeeper in the summer. Um, in my eyes, it's probably either going to be Alessio Cranio or Juan Musso from Udinese. Two very, very good goalkeepers, um, especially Cranio. I think he's probably one of the best five in Serie A. Uh, yeah, Paolo Lopez doesn't... He has good games. Um, I think he kept three clean sheets in his last four before the Braga game. And then it, you just see mistakes in him, especially for the second Milan goal. Those passes on to the defence, and he goes for the long ball, and it gets intercepted by Calabria. And there then was Rebic no one, scores. no Roma player around the area. Um, I don't know. He could have played a little bit shorter. I, I, that's shorter, what I yeah. Mean, though, when he has it, it's like, okay, no, no mistake, please, no mistake. And then, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's at least that's how I see it. And I don't want to live with a goalie like that. I, I mean, nothing against <laughs> him personally. What do you make of him, uh, Daniel? Um, I think he's an okay uh, or decent or even quite good shot stopper. Uh, I think maybe 20 years ago could have been a, a, an even better goalkeeper. But I think now where the construction of possession and the moves are so deeply rooted in building from the back, um, I just don't think his distribution is good enough for Fonseca. Uh, and I also imagine even if there's another manager, I, I'm not sure they would want to keep him. So. That was supposed to I, be I think his, his strength, too, right? Yeah, I remember when we signed him from Betis. That I mean, I thought I thought that's what we were getting as well. But I think, um, yeah, I think he's, he's he's probably not good enough for for what we need. Um, he, Roma has a big contract with him still uh, uh, because he, he, Roma hasn't amortized a lot of his contract, right? Still, uh, so that'll be an interesting situation how they handle uh, Paul Lopez in the summer. So um, they still got three years. Is it three years left or right, two, so two, three? Yeah. Yeah. Roma has his, this is his second year on the team, right? Second year. Second yeah. year on the team. So he's got another. Yeah. Right. So Roma has a lot of money invested on him. Still. Yeah. 20, so it 23 be million euros. That contract, that's what I mean. Yeah. Great. Um, all right. So let's look a little bit of a bigger picture. Uh, let's talk about the freakings. A few days. They announced the Tor di Valle no more. No mass. Um, after th okay, I, I had a friend give me this uh, number: three thousand three hundred and thirteen days. The lasted the Tordi Valle project. Um, so okay, so going forward, obviously the Fritkins want to build a stadium or want to find a solution for the stadium. Um, there was talk of uh, the Flaminio Stadium being remodeled in Rome. Uh, which is a little bit more centric. It's a little bit closer to the center of uh, Rome, the historical center. 
Um, probably it'll be a better location. You know, get, I don't know if you guys have the chance to go to the Olympico. It's a little bit out, be Angelico. You got to mm -hmm. get all the way north in the Fort Italico. It's a little bit of a walk. It's a little bit of a hike outside of Rome, right? Not, I wouldn't call it outside, but I mean, it's a little bit of a, of a hike from the center. I, um, I got lost on my first game. I went there on the way to get in a taxi. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I went, my last game at the Olympico was the Shakhtar game when Paulo Fonseca was oh, coach okay. of uh, Shakhtar in, with the Edin Sheko goal. Um, anyways, uh, so freaking still won a new stadium. They met with the Roma officials again. Um, I, I, again, when we took a the, when we look at the big picture, I'm, I'm still confident and optimistic about what the freaking uh, uh, want to do for, for the future. They've already been in way more matches than Palota was in his, all of his years with Rome. Um, they've seemed to really care. They moved their offices, I've read, uh, I've heard, from London to Rome to be closer to the team at all times. So, I mean, so these guys are showing professionalism. They're showing, they're not giving you much of what they want to do. Uh, the media doesn't like that, especially in Rome. But uh, I'm optimistic uh, looking at the future. And I feel, I feel like hopefully soon they will find a solution for the stadium, Scott. Yeah, as you said, it's been over 3,300 days. I had grand ideas of being like going to one of the first games in Stadio della Roma. <laughs> no, that that didn't happen. So I was talking to Brent, you know, Brent from Kiev yeah. and Totti. Yeah. Uh, he, I was telling him, you know, I was counting the days maybe when they first announced the stadium, uh, maybe Francesco would still be playing. Yeah. Yes, and I asked yeah. him, he's like, you? <laughs> I wrote another piece of how Francesca could make it back when they started the announce the stadium. So you know how silly we look nowadays, right? So I guess it, it's, it's a tough it, to be honest. It's been a horrible mess, and I know what Italian bureaucracy is like. But yeah, that whole deal has been a complete mess. But I do like what uh, the Freakins are doing. They mean business, um, unlike previous owners. Like Palotta was never in Rome, so. You never got to see them. So you get to see them at all the games and they mean business. And I think they will try and find a site in Rome if it's central, if it's maybe just outside of Rome or if it's near the airport on Flimicino, they will try and find a site. Um, it may take a couple more years. Um, it's this, the study of De La Roma has just been a mess from start to finish. And it's just, a, I think it's thank God. I saw your tweet on Thursday, Sam, I think I, I I gave myself a little chuckle when I read it. I think, thank God, it's pretty much over. Yeah, absolutely. It's unbelievable. What do you make of the whole Stadio de la Roma in Tordi Valle debacle, uh, Daniel? Well, I was optimistic for the stadium. I quite liked the project, but admittedly, I was probably quite naive to bureaucracy in Italy. Um, I would say on the stadium, I think that there's been some figures that maybe Roma would look to build a smaller stadium now, something of 40,000 to 45,000. I think that's, to be honest, a bit embarrassing for a city of Rome. That's close to 3 million people. And I saw now that uh, Everton will get a 53,000-seater stadium. So I, I think you can't have less than 50,000 seats for a stadium in Rome uh, with our ambitions. So I just hope that element of it isn't to be believed but in general i like the both of you i, th I take the friedkins to mean business so I, I am optimistic yeah great i think we're on the same page with the friedkins right um we're optimistic for the future we don't have any other choice either um, 
Um, all right. Well, thank you, guys. We wanted to keep it short and sweet for this episode. We, I think we covered a lot of ground. Um, this is the first episode of 2021 where we, we actually talk Roma because, like I said, the first one was reminiscing about the first 10 years of the pod with uh, Greg, Julian, and Alex. I'll uh, say hi to them. I, I stay in touch with them through through a little bit through Twitter and stuff, so say hi to them. And w they're, You guys are welcome to come anytime you want. The old band of La Magicas, right? Um, thank you, guys. Thank you, Scott. You can find Scott on Twitter. His handle is uh, Scott Underlight Monroe. You can find Danny. And his handle is Dajet Danny. My handle is Samuel Rubio 99. Obviously, you can find the show on La Magicas. That's a, the, the name on Twitter. We are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all the major podcasting platforms. Uh, Scott, Daniel, some, you want to say something before we close out today's episode? I don't know. Thank you for having us both on. Uh, it was good to chat about Roma once again. It's been, I think it was about four months since the last time. And hopefully... Let's not wait that long. Not, hopefully not too long next time. And hopefully when all of this is all over, we're in the Champions League. Yeah, I agree. Daniel? Yep, thanks for having me on. I hope we can get to do this more often. And uh, Forza Roma. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, this was episode number 78 um, and again I'm going to try to keep my word of one episode a month at least if I can do more I will be there um, always positive we won nice three points against Fiorentina the best of vibes always good vibes the most important thing always for Sarum ciao